0: It's Christmas, we're all feeling in the festive spirit at the moment, we're all excited about what Father Christmas may bring, but also we've decided to give you, our lovely listeners, a special early Christmas present, and we thought, what could be better than to bring Christian Burgess on the Pompey podcast this week? Christian, as we know, massive favourite of the fans, massive favourite of the media, and also he features in the new Pompey book, which I've happened to have written and it's called Pompey the Island City with a football club for a heart now not only is this a blatant plug for the book but also it's a chance to speak to Christian about his time at Pompey and give us his thoughts on many subjects ranging from dressing room fights Paul Cook leaving and playing in the Checker Trade Trophy final hopefully you'll enjoy this week's chat and uh, fingers crossed there may be some more special guests coming up before Christmas thank you so welcome to the Pompey podcast this week. It's a very different podcast. Not only uh, is a chance to, to plug my new book, but also it's a chance to, uh, to catch up with a well a former friend of the club. I suppose i will always be a friend of the club. Christian Burgess, everybody. He's entered the thank building. You. Yes. Thank you, very, thank you very much for, for coming on this, Christian. Um, First of all, when I asked you to be on this, uh, this podcast, you said you could only do Thursday because you've been revising for your French exams.
1: Yes, that's correct. How'd it go? Uh, yeah, I think it went quite well. I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel <laughs> like I passed it yesterday. So I had the uh, re- reading, writing and uh, listening yesterday and I have my oral test on Monday. So, but I've got a few days, so it's not so, so intense. So, you didn't do French at school, though, did you? No, I'm a complete beginner. So, I'm learning from scratch. Um, but I'm doing it over at the University of Antwerp and it's been pretty good. Okay. Um, we were going to a class and now everything's online with uh, the lockdown, and, and et cetera. So it's, uh, but it's been fun. Like I've, I've learned really quickly and it's, it's good.
0: We've also got Will of the
1: Podcast.
2: Good afternoon, Definitely Neil. A Definitely a friendly showcase. <laughs> Can you speak French, Will? I, I can't, I wasn't, um, wasn't very good at languages. Christy, can just ask, do you have to learn that as part of, of living in, in Belgium, do you? Or is it just something that off your own back that you want to learn? Um, you don't have to learn
1: it, but
2: I think the club, they
1: encourage it. So they put yeah. on their own. Um, but no, I just, off my own back, I, I found this course and I just wanted to do it. It was something I thought would be nice and Uh, A lot of the boys speak French. Some of them only speak French. Most of them speak English as well. But it's just Mm. nice to sort of fit in, I think. You
2: may
0: as well. Do they they appreciate that, that you want to get involved and and speak to them in that language?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, And they're all very helpful. Like, I ask them questions and things when I don't quite understand things. And they always correct me as well. If I try and speak in French, they'll correct me, which is nice. Like, maybe it's... (laughs) no it's a bit like okay, i'm wrong again but also you need to learn properly right so it's good what exam is it then uh, just to pass the level 1 of this language right. course you have to pass and then you can go on and do level 2 and progress i guess so yeah hopefully i've passed <laughs> right, are you are you
0: are you happy how it's going language wise and also football wise
1: yeah, the, the language is great. Um, I like the coach, he will coach in French and then English. And he mixes it up oh. depending on who he talks to. Um, and all of the coaches, they speak French and English. Uh, and some speak Dutch as well. So yeah, the language side is, is great. Um, and the football side is going pretty well as well so far. Uh, we're nearly halfway and we're in good shape. So uh, Plus we get a Christmas break. So I'm looking forward <laughs> oh. to that. Yeah, winter break over in Europe, so it's it's no uh, different. So you can come back over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll be back over at some point uh, over Christmas.
0: Oh, fantastic! Um, say, I mentioned earlier on about uh, you have come on, kindly because I've got a new book out, which is Pompey, the uh, the island city with a football club for a heart. Uh, it's very thick, five hundred words. I think Christian's contributed nearly half of it, actually. Agents. <laughs> pages Where's Ronan Curtis's chapter.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, funny should say like that. <laughs> but I think Christian has contributed uh, almost half of the pages to this book. Uh, <laughs> he's got uh, he's got two chapters and he's in another one as well because uh, how the season panned out and uh, and I first spoke to him in February for it, where he's obviously talking about you your contract issues and you're one of the final few chapters as well and uh, and also you're in the bits of talking about the the community as well and um, I think also mentioned in the book is one particular story which everyone always asks about uh, the the fight between you and Michael Doyle now I'm <laughs> not going to ruin it for the book don't worry I'm not going to ruin it for the book I'm not going to ask you about that fight
1: you'll first it out though in the news right before weren't
0: you you're like
1: you his face.
0: I'm not going to ruin it that's going to stay in the book Uh, however I will ask ask you a question Um, what a lot of fans don't realise and what what struck me speaking to the players from that dressing room over that period was the aftermath of that and how much it it, uh, brought the team closer together um, and bonded you guys really and it's it's a part that no one quite thought about but obviously it, it, it worked tremendously well in that promotion season
1: yeah, I honestly almost think it was a turning point for us as a group. Um, we, we got a lot closer after that. Um, I don't know if anyone knows the details of the aftermath. I can't remember, Neil, if I told you all of the details of the aftermath and when we went out afterwards for a drink. And, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's already out in the public domain, if Robo or someone has mentioned things before about it. but Yeah, uh, he, it was,
0: he has as well, and Michael Doyle, so
1: okay that's great so then yeah i can basically say everything and uh, yeah we went out for a drink afterwards we had our, our sort of christmas do and it was a little bit controversial because we lost and uh, we changed the venue last minute and uh, yeah we just went out and bonded and sort of had a great couple of nights and had our own you know like private jokes and uh, you know funny stories and sort of when you reminisce about them in training and there's funny things that went on and you talk about and it just brings everyone together and we had our own little song that we used to play after winning games um, and no one quite got it why it was like our song but it was and it was just one of those little things that you know brings everyone together and yeah I I honestly think it was a big turning point in the sort of mood within the group and uh, the bond and after that we all sort of would would run through brick walls for each other I think Um, and yeah obviously we went on a great run towards the end and uh, clinch promotion for us.
0: You, you say you, you went out, but Paul Cook had forbid you to have that party but you went out anyway, didn't you, as a group? Yes, yeah, so I
1: never know all the <laughs> details disclosed. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I know it all, I yeah. know it all, you might as well tell it. Yeah. I think I'm, I probably told it in the book. Uh, you did yeah, actually, Cookie, yeah. Cookie uh, cancelled our Christmas due uh, so we were originally going to go out in Portsmouth and then we switched it uh, to another city and Absolutely. Uh, went out there, and in the end, he found out, and uh, there was a bit of a fallout. <laughs> but it sort of—it just all came, it all brought us closer together. And, um, and then, he—he he actually gave us off uh, the Sunday and thought actually it's a good idea for us to go out, not knowing that we'd already gone out anyway and defied his orders. And then we went out again <laughs> another day off, and yeah, it was there was a lot of sort of good memories made, and uh, yeah, it was a really tight, tight knit group after that.
0: And of course, when he found out that you'd been out without his permission, he, he sort of ran you like quite ragged in
1: the training, didn't he, in the week after? No, he was lovely. He went and brought us breakfast, Neil. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was... Yeah, again, I don't know about the details, but hey. Um, I think the next session, we just we just ran around the field for, uh, for a couple of hours, non-stop, just running. Uh, it was uh, one of the stranger times uh, in my football career, um, but we were we were really close, and we were sort of laughing about it as we were running. You know, it was mm. it was just one of those things where we could all see the funny side. I, I don't think he could at the time, but yeah. I think if you ask, him how <laughs> he could. Uh, and if we're, if we're honest, he probably would have done the same when, when he was playing, right? So,
2: how do you think he found <laughs> out? He went out.
1: Oh, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's some. I don't know if I told you in the book, Neil. There's a few conflicting stories how he found out. So. Yeah, you, you, you
0: didn't you didn't tell me who you didn't go on record with who you thought grasped you up, but uh, that's not
1: out there. But yeah, you, you sort of mentioned. <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you found out, you know. I mean, there's there's all sorts of eyes and ears all over Portsmouth on there. So um, yeah. Probably was going to get out at some point, um, but it's a funny story.
0: Because <laughs> you you were an incredibly tight knit group, weren't you? And and the overriding reason for that promotion, that phenomenal run, was that team spirit, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we all got on so well. Uh, you know, it was great. Everybody wanted to turn up to training. You you wanted to be in and about it, and um it was enjoyable to, to train and to play and you know we had the odd blip afterwards um, you know we, we didn't blow away every team and obviously that's football but uh, i think for the majority of it we knew if we turned up and everybody was working hard every you know there were there were no egos in the end and i think we all sort of appreciated each other for what they gave to the team what they contributed and it made it a lot easier to go out and perform and to believe as well that going
0: to win the games Uh, one of the one one of my favorite stories from you in the book is that you talked about the the night when you won the promotion and you went to the drift bar and you went to the casino and michael deal was so drunk they wouldn't let him in the casino and uh, i thought it was a lovely touch out you you actually took him home to back to your flat put him in bed (laughs) Because he was very drunk, because those who were there saw him, uh, and then you just went out again to the casino, and, and that shows you know you caring about one of your teammates who, <laughs> obviously earlier this season, you had a spat with.
1: Yeah, Doyle will probably kill me if he finds out I told that story. But, um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, yeah, I, I live round the corner. I live round the corner from Gunworth when I was in Portsmouth. So uh, I just yeah, I said come and go and stay at mine. Um, it's around the corner, so I, I showed him he didn't know where it was, so I went back with him opened up and and he went to bed and and then i went back out and met the lads in the, in the casino afterwards so yeah i wasn't ready yet for for bed <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows you looking after each other you know as a team as a friend yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no we, we we were close and obviously we we appreciated that what everyone had given over over that season to to end up as champions and um to end up getting promoted in knots county we we were just all sort of delighted and uh yeah. yeah, I can't keep saying close knit enough, but we we were we were really tight. You remember Knox County, don't you? Will
0: that
2: was a great day, wasn't that, it? That was my first away game. That covering Pompey. So um, <laughs> what a day it was to to cover my first away game. Uh, unbelievable, wasn't it? Obviously, you, yeah, especially you, Neil. You've obviously witnessed the plays, and Christian. You, you, you must have been a weight off your shoulders there because you achieved what you come to Pompey to do at Knox County. That's why you join the club to get them out of the doldrums and back up the, the football league
1: yeah that's that's what I always said the Notts county the overriding feeling when the whistle went or when we, we'd scored that last goal was just like relief I remember looking across and just uh, sort of just feeling like a whole weight had been lifted off off my shoulders um especially after the first year we, we were sort of well, we were always famous Scott right but Uh, we had a a good side made some good signings played some good football at times and just fell short at Plymouth so the the pressure got even bigger for our second year and um, uh, yeah we all felt the pressure for sure there's no hiding behind that Um, so when we eventually achieved it it was just like oh you know we've done it this is what we came here for to to get promotion to to, like finally got us on an upward trajectory and yeah relief of emotion it wasn't even like Joy, it was just relief, Mm. um, (laughs) huge XL, and yeah, and then then sort of after we thought we'll have some fun
0: because you think about looking back, crew was often perceived as a turning point with the team meeting afterwards, but I think really, if you look at it, the big turning point was Crawley when, um, when Doyle missed that uh, Owen Doyle missed that penalty, and you scored from that corner straight afterwards.
1: Yeah, it was really weird. Honestly, it was so weird. When he missed that, I ran up and I said to someone like, I'm going to score from this corner. And I was like, <laughs> I was adamant, like I'm going to score because it was such like a big moment. And I think, was that the game after Crew as well? Yes, it was. It was a big, important because game. Because we all remember like the, the fallout from that game. And for me, you have these games and it doesn't go your way. And so I just brushed it off. I knew we were good enough. And I just thought, mm. okay, just throw that one in the bin it's done but I remember like there was like an overreaction from my point of view of it Um, and people I still see it talked about today on social media they're like you know the worst performance ever or something I can't remember it that well because when (laughs) you're a football player you just right that's done okay you can't change it forget about it that's I think the best way to deal with it mentally Um, and yeah when when Doyle missed the pen I just remember running up like I'm going to score and then I think Cow put in one with his left foot, I think it was Nasey. Uh, and I got oh, on. but it
0: scored. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, I think
1: Cal Naismith put on the oh, okay. was the, the corner taker. It was either him or Bakes, I think it was him. And yeah, yeah, I scored and just went mental. Um and I remember the fans behind the goal as well, they were there were a big following that night. And and then the sort of the chance uh, about us going up and yeah, it was uh, it was good. And then Benno put the game to bed with his strike, so
0: it was the, the we're on our way moment, wasn't it? The fans started chanting we're on our way. I'd never heard of it before and suddenly it appeared then and it, it became a sort of signature tune for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's when I think sort of people started to believe. Um, and yeah, we just needed that result. We really needed that result after that game. And we got it. But I think we all believed that we'd bounce back. And, you know, you have these performances in, in football. Um, but yeah, I think from then on, we sort of were on an up, upward trajectory. What was your favourite moment, promotion or the title against Cheltenham? Um, I think they were just so different. I think promotion was just a bigger feeling of relief and that we'd, we'd achieved it. And then the title win was the cherry on top. But I remember going into the game against Cheltenham and... I remember thinking we're going to blow them away. Like There's no chance we're going to lose. So for me, I was just looking at uh, Doncaster and Plymouth games and I remember Hartlepool. We played them not long beforehand and it was actually a really difficult game. It was mm-hmm. one of the, the harder games that I'd had for a while. And uh, it was just a lot of work. They kept the ball well. They, they played some good stuff. Um, I think we just did enough. I remember I think Naismith scored a great little flick. Um, I can't remember the other one, but I well, remember I it was... Is it Robert, and I remember it's a tough place yeah. to go, and I thought they'll get a result. And then Grimsby was the same, it's a really tough place to go. We scored Cal Naismith free kick, um, yeah, great free kick that was the winner, and that was shortly after our Christmas Dude debacle as well. I think it was the next game because <laughs> I remember the celebrations in the changing room, they were all these personal ones, and yeah, the coaches didn't know what we were doing, and we were new. And, <laughs> It was great fun, um, but it was a tough place to go again. They had some; they were really hard to, to play against uh, up there. So I knew there would be hard games, and I, I thought the, the the two boys above us could drop points. And I just knew we were going to blow Chatham away at home. And it was sort of just going through the motions, and uh, it was the cherry on top. But I think for pure sort of relief and everything we'd worked for uh, for the two years, it was not counting.
2: Christian, obviously after that title win, Paul Cook um, left the club quite quickly. As a player, how disappointing was it to see Cookie leave? Because there was a feeling that there was real momentum and the, a lot of people have said that he would have done back-to-back promotions if he just stays.
1: Yeah, it was, it was honestly really disappointing. Um, really disappointing because I, I really enjoyed the way he played. Um, I liked him as a coach. He was tough at times, uh, but but I really appreciated his his tactical now and the way he his, his philosophy was and the way he kept at it and um, you know he, he wouldn't change things uh, he, he did he played the way he believed in, and I appreciate that, and uh, I think we formed like a good bond um, And then when he went it was, yeah it was really disappointing. I think I remember I found out Ender was going, and I was like devastated as well because um, I knew how good a play he was. And then you start thinking, you know, oof, like the group looks like it's going to be broken up quite a bit. And then there were rumours of Benno leaving um, and, and a couple of others, some of the older boys as well were on their way. And then it was, you know, right. It's all, it's all, it's all change. Um, and then you just sort of, you don't know what to expect and you're waiting to see who the new manager is and um, you have to apply yourself as a professional from then on in. But of course when, when I saw that Cookie was 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 almost rumored to be leaving, I, I remember like texting around the guys and seeing if it was true, like what the boys had heard. Um and then you you hear different things. And then when I saw it officially I was yeah, really disappointed. Um but that's football, isn't it? You know, people move on. Uh and like I say, you have to be a professional. But uh yeah, it's sort of for me, it felt like, I remember when we got promoted, it felt like we had a load of momentum. And we were mm-hmm. playing some of the best football we played during those last nine games. I think however many we won, I can't remember. Um, and I remember we played teams above us in the league. We played championship teams and we were just as good at times. And we could keep up with them. And I remember thinking, I think League One might be easier to get out of if we're playing mm-hmm. this sort of football. And if we mm-hmm. keep the the same group together and we, we sort of carry that momentum in, I don't think I... I remember thinking there's not many teams up there that will look like they could stop us. And um, of course, uh, it wasn't to be. But, um, yeah.
0: Did Cooks ever say goodbye?
1: it's um, oh, a good question. My memory is terrible. Um, it's not. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I don't really remember that. Um, obviously, we were all on our summer holidays. So there were yeah. rumours... In around when we went away to Spain as a group there were rumours um, about different players maybe leaving, uh, players already having clubs sorted for them and then rumours about Cookie um, but I, I sort of was just enjoying the moment. Um, I'm sure I got a, a text off of Paul or, or a phone call because um, I remember speaking to him, I remember texting him um, but yeah that's that's football you know people they they come and go and that's the nature of it so you just have to get on and then hope that whatever comes next will will be just as successful.
0: I suppose suppose looking back no one had time to really milk the moment enjoy the moment because suddenly within a month Doyle had gone Stevens had gone the manager and all his backroom staff had gone it just quickly changed wasn't it and it just then suddenly life moves on. It it, it, it was just a shame that way, really, wasn't it? Was, no, it's not that perfect football, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think we had a pre-season plans to go somewhere to Spain or Portugal um, under Paul Cook, and then they all got cancelled because he left. And then obviously Kenny came in, sort of quite late, and didn't have enough mm. time to sort out his own pre-season. So I think then we just stayed in England, or we we just trained at, at Pompey's training ground. And then all of a sudden, he needs to try and put his own stamp on things and make his own decisions. And you're almost playing catch up a little bit because I don't think he had enough time. And uh, you inherit a team. Sort of, I can't remember the exact date, but it, you know, it was a little bit late on. Not enough time to organise a pre-season trip, I guess. So um, from there, you're sort of playing catch up a little bit, and uh, you have to make really hard decisions. I think with players and. Obviously, uh, quite a lot left and new players came in and, and then you, you almost, you start again, don't you? You start from fresh. A, mm.
2: There
1: weren't, I don't think there weren't too many of us that sort of survived the year, if like, but, yeah. you like Yeah. How do you compare
0: Kenny to Paul Cook?
1: Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Um, they're very different in their styles. Uh, I think probably very different in their philosophies but also their uh, the way of management Um, and just their personalities you know they're just very different people that's not to say uh, there's any sort of personality that fits football best everybody can get what they can out of their own style Um, but yeah obviously if you compare they're very different obviously Kenny manages in a different
0: way what's his style then? I don't, did I say any of this in the book? <laughs> what,
1: what <did> <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, you don't. You don't, no, don't worry. <laughs> um,
1: um, his is probably a... I wouldn't say less hands-on approach because he gets involved in training, but, I, but it's probably a little bit less personable is, is a good way to put it. So I think he keeps you at a distance. Um, whereas with Paul Cook, he was always... He'd always be talking to you, getting you in the office, you know, joking. He'd always be around the dinner time, breakfast. Um, Whereas I think Kenny liked to be a little bit of a step back uh, and then be able to make his decisions um, without having that maybe personal connection uh, with with players. Or or certainly for me. um, I can't speak for other people, but certainly for me and the way I saw it, that's maybe a difference.
0: Well, as you mentioned, there's different managers. I mean, Kenny's won, a, I think it's 102 games he's won as Pompey manager. So, you know, he still has success with a different way of managing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the percentage rate is probably, what, around 50, just above 50% as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is pretty good. So, yeah, there's no one right way to play football, of course. Like, you know, that's just what you have to work out, how best to win games and how best to achieve success. And you have Pep Guardiola, you have Jose Mourinho. They're all, you have, they're all different ways of playing the game. Um, but it's, it's, I suppose it's the players you have. Uh, it's, it's everything combined. And then, of course, it's, it's a little bit of your ideology and your philosophy. So for me, I have my own thoughts on, on philosophy of football and ideology. Mm. But it doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that they're going to achieve success. So, um, yeah, Kenny's uh, got a good record at Portsmouth. And you can't take that away from them.
0: Uh, obviously, at the start of last season, um, probably signed a couple of new centre defenders. And suddenly, it's fair to say, you, you were third or fourth choice, weren't you?
1: Yeah, at one point, I was uh, fourth choice behind Tom Naylor as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was at that point when the lads uh, made a few jokes at my expense. Uh, I, remember, I remember seeing the, the team sheet for the Brighton Friendly and uh, me and Rags were on the bench and uh, Downs and Nels were playing and Rags had been playing and so Rags wasn't too happy so sort of felt like he maybe been dropped and I was third choice and then I'd been shifted down to fourth choice so for me it was a little bit more of a laugh um, and you know, you, you can't change these things you can't affect them you just have to do what you do at training and, and just make sure you're working hard um, but yeah, look, we had a few... Few jokes about it. Did you? How you
0: come back like... from that?
1: Sorry,
2: sorry, Chris, you... sorry. are Will, 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 you going? On. Go on, did you always have to feel like with Kenny because obviously at the one point where class and what more in the team? Do you always have to feel like you were proving something to him? I, I, I just always got that impression that he, he always felt like you were the easy option to drop when when possible. Is that what it felt like a little bit for yourself? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, possibly. I think. If you look at the record, Kenny dropped me a fair few times. Um, But there was the season when Clarkie and Wattie were were playing really well. Mm. Uh, And we were doing really well. I think we were maybe top of the league, at least in the top two for a lot of it. Um, And then Jack got injured. Uh, We had a a dip in form around, I think, Christmas, January. But they they played so well for, for most of the season. So... I knew I wasn't going in the, the office demanding to play at all. I knew they were doing well and I was third choice uh on merit. So um I, I never felt I had to prove anything to him. Um I always tried to give my best and the Checker Trade trophy that year was a great outlet for me to play football and just to get out there and show that I was good enough. Um, but I think Kenny admitted that to me and uh you know, had me in the office a couple of times just to say, look, you're doing well, but these guys are playing really well. And I, I didn't disagree with him. Um, so that's football at times. Uh, but yeah, I suppose I was a little bit more disappointed at the start of last season. Yeah. Because uh, I thought I did quite well uh, after Jack had got his injury. I thought I did pretty mm. well. Um, put in some good performances. Uh, and then to then start again and then the next season as, as third choice was a, a little bit of a blow. And then obviously fourth was... Uh, when, we, when we when we joked at my expense about it in, in the, the training ground, um, but it's just it's football, isn't it? Um, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and and you know that it's a, it's a game of opinions, um, and it's the manager's job to to be successful to to win games, and that's it's how he sees fit. So all I can do is try and be the best option, I guess.
0: How, how does a first choice centre half? Become player this season at the end of the season. How does that happen?
1: Well, are you talking about last season, sorry. Did you say? It?
0: Yes, yes, yeah, last season, yeah. You started the season fourth choice and then you ended up winning player of the year.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I got a bit of luck actually when Rags <laughs> got injured. Um, and then I came in the last pre season game. I think somebody else, I think they, they moved, we didn't play very well, maybe Stevenage away. And they moved mm. Naylor back into centre midfield and then Raggett got injured with a mm. nasty uh, gash from his elbow I think and then it ended up yes, yeah, it was, yeah. the last preseason game alongside Downing and then went from there um, and, and started the first game after being nowhere so yeah you need a little bit of luck if you're honest um, and even then I still had time to get dropped off the Sunderland game uh, and then come back as a <laughs> fullback and yeah it was so, yeah. Downs, right and, uh eventually I, I found my way back into that centre half position and again partnered different players, partnered Ollie Hawkins at times. Um so yeah it was it was a, a right mix, I guess. It's just a, a strange season, but I think I just found some consistency and belief and uh just some form and, and then you go on from there. Was that your
0: best season personally at Pompey in terms of performances?
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, I suppose from the standard you're playing in League One. Uh, for me, I always have the most, the fondest memories from my second season when we got promoted. Um, mm. I feel like I played a philosophy more to my style, and I got on the ball a lot more, and I enjoyed watching us play in front, <laughs> and I enjoyed watching the guys, uh, you know, be between the lines and end the bombing up and down the wing, and uh, the same with EVO on, on the right side, you know. For me I think we, we we were a really good side and some of the best stuff not necessarily defensively but certainly you know, as a whole round package and, and obviously I, I made the team of the year that year as well um, above you know guys playing next to me above Clarkey and and some really good centre-halves in that league who have gone on to to do really well so uh, I always think I had a pretty good season that season um, but yeah of course last season was was nice yeah Pretty solid defensively um, and I think you have to be in a Kenny Jacket team you, when you play there it's more defensive minded um, less distribution uh, he wants you to, to win your headers and keep clean sheets he doesn't really care what you do with the ball so um, it's for the other players to create to create chances in his, in his philosophy so yeah Could Pompeo have kept you? Um If they'd offered something earlier, for sure. Um, it's just all on timing, I think. Uh, I remember we asked for something earlier and it didn't come. And in between that time is when somebody from UNIO contacted me. Um, and then you have something else in your head. But if I'm honest, it was the unknown you know i didn't know anything about belgian football i didn't know anything about this club so you, you take uh, a lot of information on on somebody's word right you have to judge the the guy and you know he was a good good guy the sport director out here you judge him his character and if he's telling you the truth he could be telling you anything um and we didn't know a lot about it and then that puts an idea in your head and then it sort of spirals but i remember still thinking and telling my agents like go and get something from Pompey like I, I want to you know can we get an offer from Portsmouth can we get something better um and it, it just didn't really come in time and didn't give me a lot of confidence that they were ever going to um I thought they might try and you know run it down and, and it would be in their favor at the end of the season and then you know I didn't know I was going to keep playing well and Uh, be the player of the season and have lots of options. Um, For me, I could have lost my place again and uh, had no options and I'd be looking for for anything and and everybody else would hold all the cards. So, um, yeah, I think if something had come earlier, then yes. Um, But as soon as that offer came in and as soon as I I felt like Portsmouth were delaying a little bit, it didn't give me a lot of confidence that they, they maybe, you know, really were or wanted to keep me. Um, and so I signed the, the, the sure thing.
0: I think I spoke to you um, for the book as you left the city. I remember we were speaking to you on the, on down the way through the Hornhead Tunnel, the A3M. We signal seeing yeah. them kept dropping out. You know, you, you were leaving the area and you're clearly a little bit emotional to be leaving the city after all this time.
1: Yeah, I was, I was five years. I didn't really get to say goodbye. Um, we finished the game and I had two days. I thought I was going to have a little bit longer to, to really sort of pack up and see everybody. Um, and then I got a phone call uh, and the club here wanted me out on the, the Thursday. I think we played the game on the Monday and I had to be out in, in Belgium on the Thursday and it was unexpected. So yeah, it was all sort of rushed. Um, and i would had five great years. It was not just the football, it was the people that I'd met, you know, in in my local cafes, in in the shops that I used to go to. Just connections that you build at Pompey in the community who were fantastic. And I had such a great relationship with the people there. Obviously, I was on the board. I knew them really well. And the people working, we had a lot of fun, especially uh, during the coronavirus lockdown um, when I was, you know, seeing them a little bit more. Uh, we, we had some really good friendships. I still talk to some of them now even uh, since I've been out here and we, we still help each other out. And uh, It'd be great to keep that link. I, I still email Claire every now and then. Um, so, no, I, I made some fantastic sort of friendships and had so much respect for the city and the people and, and the club as well. Um, so, yeah, of course, it was like an, an end of uh, my, my chapter at I wonder One of your stories always sits with me actually was
0: you, you told me about the time when you came on for Jack in that, in that Doncaster game and obviously there was that mistake and the goal went in and you, you took quite a lot of stick and you, you told me that somebody put something through your door the next day
1: yeah 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 and uh, I saw them actually on my last day in Portsmouth you make me a bit emotional but yeah they put a note through the door and then um, it was just like a, you know keep your head up uh, we love you um, You've been brilliant for Portsmouth, and we appreciate everything you do. And it was just a little note through my door, honestly, and it was just like I've, I've still got it with me now. I have kept it with me. Oh yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah, it was just so beautiful. Such a lovely thing to do, and so kind, you know. Um, and I saw them on the last day. Actually, I took some flowers over to the to the house and said thank you specifically for the note um, and said how nice it was. And yeah, uh, we we still keep in contact, and if I'm ever back, then I'll knock on and for a drink or something obviously not during the coronavirus but the future but yeah it was a lovely thing but i had lots of those sort of memories there were so many nice gestures um from different neighbors as well uh it's just a great city a great community and it's a great people so christian
0: of all your five years at pompey what's what's your favorite game
1: yeah there are so many like ones with huge meaning ones where i scored like performances but For me, I think I would say the Czech trade final at Wembley Um, just for the atmosphere, the occasion, the script of the game was just crazy and the build-up, yeah, it was just amazing and something I can always say I played at Wembley and in front of this many people and we won and the celebrations with the fans was was something I'll always remember, I think. So, yeah, for the pure just occasion and elation, it was definitely the final.
0: But I love I love the stat, which I won't talk about too much about it, because it's in the book. But I love the fact that you've played at Wembley, and you've also played cricket at Lords.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, ju- to I you. just love
0: that. I just love that. Lords, but
1: indoor Lords. <laughs> okay, don't Indoors. ruin it. The same thing, yeah. Indoor <laughs> <laughs> cricket at Lords, yeah. But actually, in a national final, so it wasn't just like
2: oh, I just hit a ball. It was actually competitive. <laughs> yeah. Christian, during your time at Pompey, who do you think was the most underrated player you played with? And who was the player who I'm not saying overrated, but you just seen how good they were, maybe in training, and you they maybe didn't quite do it on the pitch and you just thought you just wanted a bit more out of them.
1: That's the sort of question you need to give me beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: apologize.
1: <sighs> yeah. Um <sighs> it's a really tough one with the underrated um, I mean the way you put it I would say if for the overrated player I would have to say someone who was, I saw is really good but maybe didn't transfer it onto the pitch Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but someone for me who I've but for me it's the same thing as I think they were underrated uh, I think they were really good um, but, but they just weren't appreciated that much um, and it didn't work out really for them so I think he can maybe go in both categories but someone like Michael Smith um, who oh. played up front I thought was was a very very good striker had a great touch for a big man um, but was also a target man and I don't know whether to put him in which category but uh, you saw how good he was in training and there were glimmers of, of really good stuff and games and it just never worked out for him um, but I think Portsmouth's been a little bit of a graveyard for a few strikers who sort of had uh small periods here and there and hasn't
2: mm.
1: quite gone gone for them. Um yeah, no one really jumps out. Uh I don't I think okay, Tom I think Tom Naylor was was really underrated um mm. the last couple of years. Now obviously he scored something stupid like five and seven, okay. right? And they're yeah. world, which I've never seen before. So I think Someone else is impersonating Tom Naylor. It must be. Um, <laughs> he, he can't shoot like this. Honestly, <laughs> but he is. He doesn't shoot. uh Like even in training, he'd <laughs> be like, "Let let him shoot," because it's just going over, right? But now he's back. <laughs> on. But for me, he was really underrated. The work that he did, all the dirty work, the horrible work, he made it so much easier for me. Um to play and just made the games a lot easier for me, having him in front of of me. I think I mentioned that to to you, Neil, uh, Mm -hmm. for the book. Um, But yeah, so I think he was pretty underrated uh, in the first two years. Um, And I think now he's getting some of the recognition uh, that comes with goals. Right. Um, Yeah. But yeah, he, um, yeah, he's, he's doing pretty well for him. I, I understand he was the captain, but I don't think sometimes the fans appreciated as much what he
2: did. Because mm. he's not like a vocal leader, He's he? don't hear them marching and flailing arms, etc. You there, you there. And he just leads by yeah. example he's on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I and mean, then you could say the same about Doyle. He made my job a lot easier uh, having him in front of me. Um, but he was, you know, uh, maybe a louder character and uh, you probably saw more of what he did and um, probably got more recognition, I think so. But yeah, both great, great. Uh, DCMs to have in front in front of me. Sorry to yeah. put you on the
2: spot like that as well. Yeah, <laughs> It's a really, really tough <laughs> <book.
1: Yeah.
0: laughs> All right. Well, well, many thanks for your time, Christian. Thank you very much for coming on the, on, on the show and uh,
1: giving... Well, being good, luck, good luck with the book. I think you've got a book yes. coming
0: out. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't like to... Ma- I don't know what to mention it. i will keep it a bit quiet, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, so it's come out now. It's 500 pages, not words, <laughs> as Christian quite rightly pointed out earlier on. Uh, and it's it's, it's actually uh, it, behind the, the the scenes look at Pompey's season last year, but also look at the rise and fall. And uh, yeah, there's some very young interviews in there, and Christian's got two very good chapters there. And uh, obviously talking about his time playing cricket at Lords and Wembley fo- football. So uh, yeah, many thanks for your time there, Christian, and uh, and all the best. And no doubt we'll see you at Fratton Park very very soon. Uh, pleasure. just check? Can I just check? Can, can I just check?
1: You didn't take the Poppy Player of the Year trophy with you, did you? Uh, no, not the one that you're supposed to give back, right? No, not that one. Yeah, yeah, good.
0: No, we a, can't, we a, can't a, afford to get a, it back. A, so. yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah, well, it's a shame. It's such a shame because in the past we've um, played as normally take them home. David James used to have it in his kitchen windowsill and things like that. Um, uh, James O'Hara had next, next to his fish tank in his, his lounge and Glenn Johnson... Didn't care less and left it at the club, but uh, but you know it's just a shame that you know that someone that deserved it couldn't take it home with him because there's some great names on there, but uh, but uh, I think yeah,
1: I only held it for the photo. I think Sophie, yeah. I think <laughs> the club gave it to me, took a photo, and then I gave it straight back to her. So yeah, the club are looking after it. Yeah, we're we'll getting engra- get engraved one time as well because uh,
0: <laughs> it's not on there yet. But uh, so yeah, so, so many thanks, for, many thanks to Christian and uh, and all the very best in the future.
1: Thanks very much, Neil. Thanks, Will.